Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Blue Wire. Curry, he'll give you three. No, rebound. Laurie Spates. Catch corner, shoot, fire, score! Oh! Oh! Take that, Chicago! Oh! Take that, Chicago! Oh! Back to Q, your piece. Unbelievable! Here comes the throw deeper. Got the angle, gets inside. Slammed by LeBron James. He decompressed it with three seconds left. Going to work. Fires winning. Hey guys, the Cavaliers family lost one of its most tenured and beloved members on Monday night, Fred McLeod. The team's play-by-play announcer since 2006 passed away unexpectedly. The best local announcers forge a connection with their fan bases, and Fred McLeod was no exception. With that connection in mind, we thought the best way for the chase down to honor Fred's legacy was to ask members of the media, and of course, Cavs Twitter, to weigh in on what Fred meant to them. This is David Zavak of Fear the Sword. Um... I think the best compliment you could make for Fred McLeod is that um, he helped develop my love of the game because I enjoyed listening to him when I watched uh, Cavs games and, and NBA games in general. I'm from Toledo, so I grew up watching Pistons games. So uh, I really listened to him for my entire life in terms of watching the NBA. Um, I think what I'll remember most is his enthusiasm for uh, the players on the Cavaliers, whether it was LeBron James or, uh, you know, younger and up and coming players. And, um, he, he towed the line in terms of, you know, he wasn't an over the top fan, but you knew he was passionate and he, he cared about the players and you could hear it, uh, sometimes when they did things that he didn't like. And it was never, a it, he was almost lamenting either a bad shot or, a or a blown defensive play. Um, he was as bummed as as the fan, you know, might be, but he did it because he he got to know and he cared the players on the court, um, whether it was Colin Sexton or Kyrie Irving as a young player as well, um, or LeBron James as a young player. So um, he will absolutely be missed, and uh, the next person has big shoes to fill in terms of uh, inspiring people to love the NBA. Hey, it's Sportsnom, Jeff Nomina. I think one of the hardest parts of the loss of Fred McLeod is just how foundational or, or fundamental he was to the Cavs experience for, for the last couple of years. I don't know that I ever fully appreciated just how good he was individually because it just kind of felt like part of the package. It was kind of just like hard to imagine the experience of the Cavaliers without Fred being there. And I think that's going to be maybe one of the hardest parts is the first time the Cavs go on a run and somebody hits a transition three and he's not there to yell the bottom. It's going to, it's just going to feel so different. And I think as Cavs fans, we've certainly been used to a lot of change 
and a lot of upheaval and a lot of things, no matter how dear and how much we love them over the last 10 years here or so, uh, disappearing pretty quickly on us. But clearly this is on a whole different level and it just feels more fundamental to the team than than any player or jersey or team or, or anything else that's come and gone over that time span. This just feels like like family, like part like part of the entire experience of being a Cavs fan is a little bit different today than it was the day before. And I don't know, I'm almost scared of that first game. I'm almost spooked out at how hard it's going to be to hear somebody else do it and how much it's going to feel like we're not getting to experience it with somebody who's been a friend for a while. So um, it's going to be hard. But I guess we can just appreciate having you know him as long as we did and, and as much fun as we did with him. And having that clip of him calling the 2016 is 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 going to get us through a lot of uh, long Cavs games this year. Uh, just being able to relive that with him. Hey guys, Carter here. Fred McLeod was my Cavaliers experience. In an internet era where the best local announcers are judged on their perceived distance from their source material, Fred spoke my language. Fred was clearly just as in love with the Cavaliers as I was. He reveled in their successes and stewed during the worst times. Just as importantly, he was never too good for the job. Fred had the opportunity to call games for the best teams in franchise history. He also had the opportunity to call games for teams that lost 26 games in a row. If I pulled audio from Cavs wins in 2016 or 2019 or 2011, you'd never be able to tell the difference. Fred's enthusiasm was pure. And he helped fans like me or you get through the dog days of every season. Ultimately, I don't know what the Cavs are without Fred McLeod. It's hard to fathom Darius Garland hitting a step back three without an accompanying resounding the bottom or an opposing player breaking a layup that's immediately derided as throwing up a Madison ball. In the end, I'm just grateful for the time that we all got to have with Fred. We're all going to miss him and obviously send condolences to his family. He's been a part of our lives for over a decade. I'm just going to miss him. Spencer Davies, Basketball Insiders. Fred McLeod was the voice of the Cavs when I was in high school. I know a lot of people were kind of taken aback by it because Michael Ray Guy had started with LeBron James and his rookie year and stuff like that. But as soon as he came in, you could just hear his enthusiasm and passion through those broadcasts. And it really came across as genuine and just having fun. I think that's pretty much how you could sum up the way that Fred McLeod did his work. It was all about passion and fun. Um, I'll say this. I've been working at Fox Sports Ohio behind the scenes in the digital team for about five years now. And I've known him for that long amount of time. But over this past year and a half, as I've really started to hone in on my craft in sports journalism and the world of the NBA, he always seemed genuinely curious about what I was doing and my career path, and he'd take the time to talk to me about it and give me advice and let me know how I was doing. He'd always lend a helping hand. He'd share my work. He'd always genuinely check up on me, and that was even as recent as the NBA Summer League when we were covering the Cavs and all the other teams. I saw him doing a one-on-one with Colin Sexton backstage, and he saw me there, and he was like, wow, it's awesome that you're here, you know? And, you know, it's stuff like that, and the fact that he was willing to tell me that he was happy for where I'm going, and that he 
genuinely had an interest in how I was doing with everything else that he had to take care of, all the stuff that he had to do for his job and his career for him to help me along. It just really speaks to the character and the kind of man that he really was. So here's to you, Fred McLeod. Rest in peace. I'm sending all of the condolences and my deepest sympathy to your family, Beth, your wife, your three kids. Rest in peace. Hey, this is Chris Manning from Fear the Sword, Locked on Cavs, Cleveland Magazine, and Forbes. Fred McLeod, to me, will obviously, I think, be the voice of the Cavs for my generation. He basically, my whole life, had he been the play-by-play guy for the games, but I will remember being at games and covering games and just seeing how he seemed to know everybody, um, how he knew the security guards by name, how he'd say hi to them, how he treated everyone with such kindness, how he was so kind to the to people in the, in the media that he got to know and, and people um, that, you know, he could have easily ignored and easily could have not interacted with. But he leaves behind, I think, a legacy, not just of being the voice of the cast for a generation, for his memorable calls of so many things, for his great catchphrases, but for just seemingly being a great human being who um, whose presence is really going to be missed in the Cavaliers community. And it's it's too soon for a guy who... It feels like just yesterday I was calling playoff games for this cast team and I think would have been a great voice for this next generation of Cavs basketball. Hey guys, Justin here. I don't know a Cleveland Cavaliers without Fred McLeod. The faces on the sideline have changed, the stars have come and gone, but he's always been the North Star of my own fandom. Not living in Ohio means that three to four times a week, I stop what I'm doing and listen to Fred and AC call games. His enthusiasm was infectious and embodied the type of fan I try to be. You could tell he cared just as much about the games where Jeremy Pargo was the star as when it was LeBron James. His love of the wine and gold captivated the audience and helped keep me around through those lean years. I only met him briefly once, but he was gracious, attentive, and made me feel like I was more important than the game he was preparing to call. As I've watched everybody that's come into contact with him collectively mourn today, it's clear that he approached everybody with that same attentiveness and made them feel like they mattered. While some broadcasters complain about the changes in the game, it's clear that Fred loves basketball in all of its many forms. While we won't hear his signature calls moving forward, his spirit will continue to live on in those that love this team. His memory honored by those that understand that regardless of the outcome, there are few joys greater than getting to watch the team you love play the game that you love. He will be missed. This is Ken Carmen, 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Fred McLeod will be remembered as a great broadcaster, but he'll also be remembered because he was such a great friend. He was a great friend to everybody around him. He was a great friend to the fans. Every single game, you could hear the passion through his voice. While so many guys are trying to push themselves, you could tell Fred loved the Cavs, and you could tell Fred loved the fan base. I'm going to miss his voice every single night. But I take solace in knowing that every single time I can go on the internet and I can watch that video of him and AC that his wife took at Game 7 of 2016 and to know that I see a man that's not happy for himself, not happy because the Cavaliers had won, but was happy that fans of the Cleveland Cavaliers for nearly 50 years at that time were getting to see something that they couldn't imagine. We were all going to be able to share in it together. Fred McLeod was a great man and a great friend, and that's why he'll be so dearly missed.
All right. Thanks to everybody that submitted a testimonial, a really touching tribute. And to continue our memorial for uh, Fred McLeod is Carter and I's former boss at Fear the Sword, uh, Conrad Gaz. Conrad, how's it going, man? Uh, I've been better, Uh, but happy to be here with you guys to to talk about uh, the guy that we lost today. Yeah, it it is really... um... It, he Fred really became kind of like a kind of very much the identity of the cabs uh, for me, like uh, from a experiential standpoint. And it really is going to be hard to, to not have uh, him with us next season. Uh, and, you know, obviously like the, that the biggest condolences we can send out to his family, uh, Conrad, kind of, you wrote about uh, him for Fear, in a really great post for Fear the Sword today. Kind of what was your experience with him uh, as you got to be a little bit more up close and personal with him than Justin and I ever did? Yeah, I mean, so the, the post that I wrote today was was mostly about how, kind of exactly what you just said was he he defined so much of the experience of watching the Cavs for me <laughs> uh, and for everybody that watched on Fox Sports Ohio or, or whatever the channel has been called for called that the whole time probably um so it's just he his voice and his commentary was synonymous with Cavs basketball for us it was the entirety of my Cavs watching uh lifetime was uh narrated by Fred McLeod and so every now and then I'd listen to a game on the radio and that's (laughs) that's nice too and every now and then we'd have a national tv game but like it always came back to like that very comfortable place where you turn on the game when uh, I'm now that I'm on the West coast, I'd turn it on at four o'clock and it's like, I'm, it's like a piece of home is there. Uh, even if I'm not actually in Cleveland. So it was just, those the two things were are just so t- tightly tied in my brain and my experience of Fred calling the Cavs, me watching the Cavs, one of my favorite hobbies, one of my favorite passions in life. Uh, and it was just kind of devastating this morning to, to, to find out that news and, and feel as though that, that tie had been broken. I, I mean, when I saw the news, I was absolutely speechless. Like when I saw just kind of scrolling on Twitter, you, you know how it can be where you're, you're not really reading anything, but you're just looking for anything that jumps out. I saw the picture of him and I just assumed that he was winning some sort of award or, or that he had, there was some community initiative that he was involved in because um, he was just such a big part of the community beyond just the broadcast. And um, when I saw what the news was, it was just absolutely devastating. Like, I don't know what Cavs basketball is without Fred McLeod. Like I've, I've gone through so many versions of this team, so many head coaches, players, stars. Uh, they've all come and gone, but uh, Fred has always been just a, a staple of my fandom. And I think we all kind of have, uh, like the three of us, have a, a unique perspective on this because it's not like we've really been around at attending games all the time. We're, we're all out-of-towners to, to varying degrees. And um, that's that's been kind of our our window to the calves. Like it's just always involved Fred. And um, I, I think when you see all the tributes today, it's just everyone's mentioning his enthusiasm, how much he cared about the team, uh, no matter who was playing, um, how much he cared about the fans. Every time that they, there was an interaction with Fred and I got to meet him once and, and, and he was 
just so gracious and so attentive and um it's to to lose a, a personality and um just someone as great as him it, it it's really tough to take yeah i think that uh you guys are kind of talking about his you know how he is our little slice of home and i've always been pretty fascinated by the relationship a fan base has with their local announcers you know uh it's like it used to be this thing that was kind of our little secret pre-internet um you know and that was for every fan base right and then i feel like you know when the streaming era started and league pass started you know all these different announced teams started getting exposed to people who they didn't really exist for um right now when when we talk about the the best uh you know, local teams, we always kind of tend to lean towards these guys who are, you know, the Ian Eagles, the Mike Breens of the world, these guys who, you know, kept their professional distance. And I actually, you know, it's funny. I, I want my local guy to be like Fred McLeod. Uh, I want to share in the experience with him because you have these, these insanely long regular seasons that are often uh, frustrating and, kind of go through their ups and downs and their dog days where you, you barely care as, as a diehard fan. Uh, and, you know, Fred uh, and his, you know, his just infectious enthusiasm is kind of what keeps you interested at times uh, in these years past. And I, I don't know, Justin, what do you, what do you kind of think about the way that, uh, you know, his, his quote unquote homerism added to the broadcast? Yeah. I, I just think he did it in such a good way like there there was Joyfully. it was it wasn't irrational like or angry uh, i i don't want to drag anybody but like let's say someone like tommy heinson where it's um my support of the team is just i it's hyperbole it's dragging the the other team down uh it it, it was never kind of in that spirit it was just a genuine he really cares about these players it doesn't matter if it's lebron james or if it's samardo samuels like he's invested he cares about those guys and he loved the game itself like you could tell he loved basketball um he, he was excited even if the other team did something impressive it was he he just enjoyed being there and watching those games i i think that's i think that's exactly right i think he he was never salty if, if another player was was having a good night against right. the Cavs. It was just kind of in awe of the athleticism and the talent and the skill that that player was displaying. I think the, the other thing that you said really stands out to me and, and really I think sums up, a, a gives you a good idea of, of what Fred was like as a guy, and not that I knew him personally, but from everything that people say and the way that everybody – who's met him and talked to him uh, gushes about him uh, is that he just genuinely cared about the players as, as guys and as people. And it was not just what they could do on a basketball court. Like he spent enough time around the team that he cared about players and you got that from his broadcast. You, you got that. He just genuinely cared about how they're doing as, as human beings. And that's, I thought, I think that's pretty powerful. And that's, and that's a, that's a testament to, to what kind of a guy he was. And that was a super important thing for me because, like, as someone that grew up, my early, my early exposure with the team, it was so heavy with LeBron right off the bat. Um, I, I just grew up watching LeBron in those young years with the team. And then when he left, I, I really 
I wasn't sure where my loyalty was going to go. I, 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 I'm still a basketball fan. I, I didn't know if I was a Cavs fan or a LeBron fan though. And, um, I ended up becoming a bigger Cavs fan than I was even pre-decision. Um, and then eventually writing for the fear of the sword and, uh, starting, starting this podcast and, and basically how everything is snowballed from there. Um, after LeBron had left. And I think he played a role in that. Like, I, I think how much he made me care about just some really, really awful teams. Um, it was infectious. Like, a, and it, it kind of, it's the spirit that I like to embody. Like, I, I want sports to be a positive thing. Like, it, if you're, you, at the end of the day, like, you, you have your long day, you have all your responsibilities in life. I just want, three, four times a week, I want to watch my favorite team play. And Fred and AC just always, it, it was just always such a positive experience. Even no, no matter what the outcome was, you, you could tell that they were invested. They made you want to watch. And I, I think that's really special because I, I, I think to other teams I care about and other broadcasts I watch, I, I just don't think, I, I think it's a, a truly unique experience that, w- that we had with those two. And, um, talking about just kind of his unique role. And uh, as you mentioned before, Carter, um, just kind of the quote unquote homerism. I thought he played just the perfect straight man at times with AC. Oh, yeah. And I, I think their chemistry was really, really great where he knew when to get him fired up, when to rein him in. Uh, <laughs> and I, I mean, obviously your, your thoughts go out to his family, but, I, my mind also goes to what what AC is thinking. Like that, they just seem to have such a special friendship. Well, yeah, um, you know, I I was reading Terry Pluto's write up on Cleveland.com about uh, Fred and kind of talked about how the goal was to you know uh, make kind of make you feel like they were just hanging out on their couch watching the game and you just happened to be in the living room with them. And I always described that duo's chemistry as being very similar, just like my uncles. Uh, on Christmas, watching basketball, shooting the shit. Uh, not always right, but who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's not the point. Is is to be right uh, all the time and to be this perfect analytical um, being, but just to make me have fun watching basketball. And I think that's really one of their best legacies is kind of as a team creating that. Um, and you know, one thing I did want to talk about. Uh, that I feel like is going to get uh, overlooked because people will rightfully talk about um, all the, you know, all the warm fuzzies of, uh, you know, kind of the, our memories with Fred. This dude is really talented, like mm-hmm. a, a genuinely very good play-by-play guy, sold moments in ways that a lot of national guys, you won't see them do. And, uh, and, and really sold the energy of the arena. Um, in a way that I'm really going to miss um, because, you know, I mean, we talked about it already, but in, you know, all our testimonials, every other one is mentioning the bottom, uh, you know, <laughs> and, uh, I think we're all, we're both, uh, all three of us are, are pretty diehard NBA fans. We've heard just about every catchphrase in the book, but they always felt fun. They always felt fresh. They always felt, um, kind of lived in with him it it wasn't a bit just to further himself it was 
all born of, of his own excitement and his ability to communicate that. So I don't know. I don't know, Conrad. I, I, I just think that's going to go under the radar is that this was a really talented play-by-play guy. For sure. I think that's, uh, again, I think you're right. I think I have definitely listened to every play-by-play announcer in the NBA for sure at this point. And I think he was his, – his balance of being a homer but also – being like the straight man against uh, 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 AC's kind of goofiness sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just really dialing up the energy when, when it deserved to be dialed up. And so that makes, that makes highlights really fun to go back to because he's going nuts in a moment that you remember was so exciting to be watching yourself. Uh, and it just makes everything feel more impactful. It makes, it made the moments feel bigger, even when it put us like a little bit closer to what the 13th spot in the Eastern conference. (laughs) Uh, There's a, there's a buzzer beater that Dion waiters hit in, in Detroit. Uh, I'm sure that game didn't matter, Uh, but he's going absolutely nuts. And I'm sure I was too, when I was watching that, uh, wherever I was on whatever tiny screen on league pass <laughs> outside of Cleveland, but it was, it just made the experience match how, at least my, how, at least my, how I felt as a fan watching. Uh, and I think that was really special. It was uh, not over the top or over the, it was just kind of in that perfect, uh, the perfect sweet spot of, of energy and homerism and, and, and really skilled by by bay. It also, felt like an initiation because sometimes like it's especially in today's nba players change teams all the time it, it, it you get used to guys in different jerseys but when someone puts on a Cavs jersey that's one thing but when you get the right down euclid call or the bottom like i'm i'm going to be disappointed that darius garland isn't going to get a call uh the bottom at, at any point i i'd like to hear burn and akron rubber like i all, all of those stick out, and, and sometimes you, you, at least for me, I, I remember the call um, more than before I remember the play. Like Robert uh, stamped those moments. He like, mm-hmm. it was like the okay, no, this mattered. This and and whether yes. it ended up mattering or not, it's kind of not the point. Like that's not what it is to be a fan of the of a team, especially a team like the Cavaliers, where everything feels important and everything's you know going crazy, but when Dion Waiters does hit that corner three or Alec Burks gets the dunk last year to, to win the game, it just, it just makes thing. It just cements those moments in your brain in a way that, you know, maybe a lesser play by play guy doesn't do. No, I, I completely agree. And I, I mean, there, there's so many moments to look back on I I was really happy. I, I mean, it hurt, but I was really happy to see the, uh, the video that his wife had taken one, uh, the Cavs won game seven there and it was just him and AC calling calling the game for the folks back at the watch party at the queue and <laughs> like when his voice would crack and he, he like he was joining in on the celebration like not just in those games but when LeBron hit the game winner against the Bulls and and all these big big mm-hmm. moments like you could tell like he was just he was happy for the team he's happy for the city he you could tell the weight of everything that came with Cleveland sports, which it's a lot. There's a lot of baggage there. We're all damaged people, but you could feel that weight in his call. 
and just the the jubilation him and ac just breaking down i mean it, it made I, I me re- i remember really, that really damn happy it made me I, really yeah. really damn happy that he he lived to see that I remember that night. I there was definitely this groundswell amidst the celebration on Cavs Twitter of like, oh, but we still need the Fred and AC call. Like, yeah, Cleveland is a city of champions once again. Cool, cool, cool. That's awesome. But like, oh, we really got to hear Fred and AC. Could could you imagine? I don't think it'd feel right if we never got that. Like, if we never got their call. For sure. Yeah, I I I don't know, man. It's uh, you. I think the other thing that made it such a special experience was you know because we have talked about the championship call we've talked about buzzer beaters but like I think the thing with him is that kind of you need especially on a team that's been had the lows that this Cavs team has had over the course of his tenure is you know he never was too good for the team uh you know and uh we've talked about this a lot is you know all these teams uh in the in the lean times, we'll go through that ten game malaise where they're checked out, they're not feeling it. Uh, that was never really a problem with the broadcast booth. Uh, you know, they were ready to rise to the occasion at any given time. And I think about uh, uh, Mort posted the video of uh, them breaking the twenty six game losing streak the year after LeBron left, and Fred was losing his fucking <laughs> one of one of my all time favorite clips. <laughs> That's one of my all-time favorite games. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But, man, like, uh, that was just such a damn moment. I mean, <laughs> Baron Davis, Cavs legend. Um, man, like, those, I, I think once kind of the initial shock uh, wears off, I, I think we're, we're going to remember moments like that. And um, as I mentioned earlier, like, that's, that's the type of spirit that I, I try to embody, like, I, I like keeping that optimism. Every game's a new start. Yes, there's a bigger picture, but um, I, I, it's it's watching basketball, man. Like, and I, I think that was the spirit he always had. Is even if it's only going to be their fifteenth win of the year, and, and that's where this team tops out at. It was I still care about these players because they're the ones that are are representing the city. They're the ones representing the team right now. And I just want to see them do well while they're here. And um, that, that's just something that I, I, I think is all, I'm always going to take with me. And I think it's something that I, I want to make sure that I never really forget because I, I think in the end that's kind of going to be the way that his spirit's going to continue to live on with this team. Hey guys, we're going to get back to talking about Fred in just a second. But first, we need to go over our sponsors. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you could always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. 
Justin, every guy looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. There's just one problem. Guys keep buying generic off-the-rack suits. That's why Blue Wire is pumped to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Looking to get married? They have tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. It's so easy to get started. Visit a stylist at one of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally or just measure yourself at home and shop online at Indochino.com. This week, Chase Down listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for any premium suit for just $369 and free shipping. This is an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back. All right, back to Conrad and more Fred McLeod memories. I have a, I have a really important question for you guys. Uh, what was your favorite uh, catchphrase? Because I definitely have my favorite, and I think it's going to be an upset. But I'd like okay. to hear from you guys first. I, I, want, I want you to go first because you've already thought about this, and, and I don't <laughs> like the pressure you've put on me here. Well, that's unlike Fred McLeod, I'm I'm often left speechless. Um, he he seemed to always have something to say yeah, fair. at well, the I, right moment. I'll, I'll bail I, your ass out. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what I fucking love is throw up a medicine ball. <laughs> that's <laughs> when, that's when, like, a pretty ben good Simmons one. Would like just brick one off the bottom of the rim. Like I just got such a kick out of threw up a medicine ball. It's such a great analogy. I never hear anyone else make that joke. <laughs> and it seems like something that should just be like in the parlance of like every broadcaster. Like, I think it should be like the mouse in the house kind of thing. Like where like every single play by play guy kind of has that in his back pocket, but I only ever really heard Fred say it. I just got such a kick out of that one. <laughs> I'm going to miss that. So I got, I got, I got one that, one catchphrase or whatever, and then one kind of just tendency that he had. I loved, I loved when he said uh, "bruising ankles and egos." That was, that was a big <laughs> one. Fa- a big fan of that one. Uh, it was like a real nasty crossover. Usually, it's Kyrie, right? Uh, just like that crossover was so nasty. You not only broke his ankles, like you hurt his feelings. Like that's <laughs> that's gonna leave a mark, like emotionally. Uh, so I, I always liked that. And then I just loved how. Again, Kyrie comes to mind probably more than any other player, even more than LeBron, I guess, because it's really that was right at the age for, for pretty much all three of us. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, just like Kyrie, ridiculous, or, or or even just I was watching the a play, uh, uh, one of the games against Oklahoma City, like in 2013 or something like that. Kyrie really kind of for come first starting to come onto the national stage is like, Oh, this guy's legit. I remember um, he outdueled Russ. Yeah. Like, and like really, KD clearly was in the, played that game. It was like full strength Oklahoma city and like Kyrie and a bunch of scrubs uh, and, and Andy and Tristan, whatever disclaimers. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> he, he just like him being in such in awe of the talent <laughs> of a guy like Kyrie Irving was I think it just matches how I watch sports, like go take it to football, like forget off the field stuff. Like I was always just in awe of Michael Vick on the football field because it was like 
this guy's so talented. I can't believe a human being can do these things. And I feel like that's Fred tapped into that a lot of just like cut it out, Kyrie Irving. This is ridiculous. Like, which which leads into my favorite call. I I love video game because he never (laughs) buzzed. Like that was always saved for very special occasions. Like he didn't overuse catchphrases. Like the play had to really deserve it. But when obviously Kyrie comes to mind uh, or when Kevin loves <laughs> went off against Portland, like just whenever he was truly in disbelief where what we were watching was something special, it didn't feel real. He kind of added to that element there with that call. I, I really enjoy that one. Yeah, he was, he was just great, man. Uh, I, I know that we're, you know, repeating ourselves over and over <laughs> again, but like, you know, it is, it was really a thing that I was trying to explain. I was talking to my wife about it and I was like, yeah, man, you know, part of me feels a little silly for being so affected and having, and being so, so bummed. But then I was just thinking like, this guy has been in my living room for, <laughs> you know, or, you know, even during the good years, 60, 70 nights a year um, for the yeah. past 16 years. Like it's, he's been such a consistent part of it and always kind of always even always setting the tone like kind of what justin was saying and uh you know it it is kind of hard to fathom uh the calves without him yeah, yeah it'll, de- it'll definitely be a different experience uh something i don't know if you guys have done this or not but something i would love if just if anyone like listen has like clips or like highlights or moments that like stand out that we should go and like back and watch and listen to uh, just because, like you mentioned, the Kevin Love going off uh, for 34 in the first quarter, like I forgot about that this morning. I need to go back and watch that. I'm sure that call is someone called out. Well. Someone called out the Anderson Varejao game-winning three. I, uh, I already wa- I watched that one. I got that one, <laughs> and I was like I I had completely forgotten about that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that that was one that uh I, I don't want to call it repressed but i completely forgotten about it uh <laughs> but yeah absolutely if any of our listeners out there have stories to share um i i think it, it'd be nice either tweet at the chase down account tweet at any of us and i i'm sure we'll share it because i i think the best way to kind of celebrate his life is just to fully appreciate everything that he did um, just the sense of community that he built and um, how we can all just kind of sit back and talk and just BS like we are right now, just sharing memories that were enhanced or created by what he had done throughout his career here. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, bet, and, I, go ahead. and I bet as the, in the coming days or, or, and whatnot, you'll see kind of more and more of the players talking about just kind of what a good guy he was. Um, and like how if they felt that he genuinely cared about them as people um, so just I think that'll I, I, I'm sure that you will see that in in the coming days yeah yeah absolutely and well while this is tough I, I do look forward to just seeing and reading more and more tributes I, I can't get enough of it because as we've all mentioned he's been such a, such an important part of like the last decade and a half for us it, it's you don't really realize just what an impact someone has until unfortunately something like this happens. But um, I just, I I have nothing but great things to say. And just the, all the stories and testimonials we we've heard, it's just, 
story after story after story about just how great he was, how engaging he was, how much he cared. And um, I, I think, the, as I said before, the, the best tribute we can have to that is just kind of continuing to embody that spirit and, and keep it going. Uh, but Conrad, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking this through with us. I, 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 you, you talked about this in the Fear the Sword post, but part of why I got into this and part of why you got into this was we just didn't have anyone to talk about with this. <laughs> like, we, we didn't have anyone to talk Cavs about. Like, there's not a lot of people in Winnipeg that give a shit about this team. <laughs> I, and, I mean, Fred was kind of our little window into the Cavs and um, to – to be able to come on with you guys and, and just talk about this. It's, uh, it's been therapeutic. I, I really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. And, and a big thanks to our listeners as well. You know, the deal, if you want to support the podcast, subscribe, rate review. Um, and if you want to be part of our discord chat, send a screenshot of your review to chase down pot at gmail.com. Um, also just send us stories, man. Just, Send us your memories, send us your, your favorite highlights, whatever it is. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Um, so thanks to Conrad. Thanks to Carter. Thank you to our listeners. Until next time, go Cavs.